from Cleveland, Ohio. This is the Cleveland Stage Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host, Ian Hens. And we're here uh, right now with Inez Jorez, who is an actress here in Cleveland and is also starring in our upcoming production and ensemble theater of Angels in America, Part 1, which opens January 5th here at Ensemble's main stage. Uh, Inez, how's it going so far? It's going great. Yeah? Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're live here we're not going to debate whether or not it's live, live, but we're we're living, recording from the office live. of uh, Ensemble Theater while rehearsals are going on in the background, and we stole Inez from from the middle of her big moments, and we said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Cleveland Stage Podcast is more important. That's right. Get off the hoist, Inez. Right. Bring down her down. Here. Bring her down, please. <laughs> Everybody stop, because they all understood the importance of what we're doing. <laughs> And here she is. Now, you're not from Cleveland originally. No, I'm not. Where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Spain. Oh, great. Yes. Which part? I'm from southern Spain. Okay. I'm from Malaga, from a small touristy town called Fuenquirola. Sure. Yeah. Do you know a guy named Dave? Yes. Actually, <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, and uh, before you came to Cleveland, you spent some time in Mississippi. Yes, in... Oxford, Mississippi. Oh, great. I hear that's a beautiful town. It is. Yeah, and what were, what were you doing in Oxford, Mississippi? Well, um, we moved from Madrid. We were living in Madrid, my husband, my son, and I. And we went there because my husband's a mathematician, and he got a job at the University of Mississippi. Great. Right? So basically, I was I was doing theater. I was doing a lot of theater, and I also went back to school part-time. Oh, yeah? And what were you studying? Well, I, I'm trying to get a BA on theater studies okay. because I went I went to school in London. I went to drama school, mm-hmm. so I didn't get a degree. Oh, and now did they kick you out? No, no, because um. <laughs> no, Tyler got out. kicked out a couple times. I no, I've never been kicked out from anywhere. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that it was just acting. It, it wasn't like at the time I wasn't bothered about getting a university degree. Sure. I just wanted to get the tools to be an actress, mm-hmm. and that's what I did, and then I started working. But I mean, once you're doing it, why study it, right? No, the thing is that the, at a drama school in London, you learn the tools of the trade, sure. but you don't get all the theory. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could have done it, but I didn't want to do it. I yeah. couldn't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> With this nonsense of theater schooling, ugh. Well, it was just an acting school. It was yeah. a very good acting school, and that's what I wanted. I yeah. wanted to act. Now, I think that maybe it would be beneficial Yeah. along the line to have a BA. So you guys moved to Mississippi so that your husband could introduce mathematics to Mississippi. And how, how was the uh, theater scene in Oxford? Mathematics was already introduced. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and how was the theater scene in Oxford? I mean, I know it's a college town. Yeah, it's a college town, and actually the theater scene was quite nice. Uh, how many? I'm sorry, how many people live in Oxford? Well, it's amazing. It's a very small town. 16,000 without students, 26,000 with students. Okay. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh! God. Yeah. <laughs> so small, right? Coming from Madrid sure. and before that yeah. London, I was like, oh my God. Oh yeah. They have a very nice community theater. Um, they do lots of work. 
and some of it is more challenging than others, but they do American classics and uh, they usually hire professional directors. Mm. Um, so I actually got to direct oh, and I cool. got to act in many very cool productions. Like I did The Pillow Mine, I did mm. Harvey, I did Lenny Tanner. So it was great. Were those some of your? Do you have other favorites that you uh, either performed or directed while you were there? Well, my favorite was the Pillman. The Pillman. Okay. I, I loved it. Yeah. And then I didn't know Lemmy Tanner. Yeah. And and I really enjoyed playing Maria. Great. Yeah. And here you are now in Cleveland, and you've been here for a little over a year, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And where mathematics has already been living strong, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So what brought you all to Cleveland? The same thing. The same thing. <laughs> just your husband's just traveling around introducing math everywhere. <laughs> He's like the Johnny Appleseed <laughs> of mathematics, just leaving right. numbers everywhere That's he right. goes. That's right. <laughs> yes. And how are, how are you adjusting to Cleveland? Um, very well, actually. Yeah. yeah how, how do you like the Cleveland winters? Have you well, had to do you know, winters like thing? this before? No. No. Well, actually, when we moved to Mississippi, they we thought the, the weather was going to be milder, hmm. but we had two terrible winters. Oh. Hmm. And I was like, what? What are terrible winters in Mississippi? Well, it was like, I still think in Celsius, but I think it was zero degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. It was you know, so cold. Wow. It yeah. Cold. It it's real cold. cold. Chilly. It's about as cold as you can almost get. Yeah. yeah. But it's zero. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. in, in Fahrenheit, you can get colder. Well, yes. Yes, you can. Well, anyway, <laughs> the thing is that... Any chance that your husband's a climatologist, <laughs> that he could introduce us to that? <laughs> Maybe I'm getting all the numbers wrong, because I'm not, not, not very good with numbers, funnily enough. But the thing, it was, it was very cold. And then when we got here, we got here in August, so everyone would say, brace yourself for the winter. Yeah. Brace yourself for the winter. And we're so braced... <laughs> that when winter came, we were like, it's not so bad. Sure. I mean, you get more snow up here, though, right? Yeah, of yeah. course. Definitely. Yeah. And that was fun. You know, we have a son, so that was fun because, you know, the snow. And sure, the, yeah. Uh, How old is, is your son? Eight. Oh, great. That's a fun age yeah. for snow. That's it. So, and, and I enjoy the snow, too. Yeah. Oh, it's so pretty, you know? So... You sounds like you've lived in a lot of very different areas. I mean, a touristy town in southern Spain to London, one of the largest cities in the world. To Oxford, Mississippi. And in between, uh, we lived in a college town in Portugal when my son oh, was born. Well, of course. Months. Yeah, you got to hit the Portugal off your, your bucket list. They got yeah. great wine in Portugal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Spain for but that matter. Spanish wine is better. It's yeah. better. <laughs> Don't get her started. No, 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 really. <laughs> Isn't there like a like a war between Portugal and Spain? Was there like a, like a thing going on? I mean, probably not now. I mean, a well, couple hundred years ago. It would be a long time ago, more like. 500 years ago, but really, there isn't a war now, but they don't like us. Really? No. Well, how fond are you, are you of Portugal? I love it. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Cool. I love it. I, I love mean, Portugal it. is, you know, this little, not little, but it's a smaller country that's, you know, it. No, but they don't long... like us because they think we are very patronizing to them. Sure. And it's mm. true. I mean, yeah, it's the same way. It's, the same. it's, it's like same. the east and west side of Cleveland. I yeah. mean, I'm not, I'm not, but whenever there were Spaniards walking into restaurants just speaking in Spanish, and you must understand me, I'm not going to bother to learn how to say good day in Portuguese. Right. 
and speaking really loud because the Portuguese are much more nuanced than we yeah. are. We were super loud. Yeah. And they're just like more European. So Spain is Spain is like the America and Portugal is like Canada. It might be, yeah. Yeah. Well, sort of, yeah. We have, yeah. Spain yeah. is like the West Side. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. And Portugal's like the east side of Cleveland. So they don't like us, and, and, and they they think that we've got a thing, but we don't really. What does that mean? What a thing? They think, I, I got the feeling that they thought that we hate them, oh. but we mm. don't. <laughs> because they're just a little Portugal. What's the point? And it's horrible. That's the, the general sensation, but I, I love Portugal. I loved our time there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, here it's a beautiful country. Yeah, uh, yeah it's very beautiful. I mean, it's not any different looking than Spain, right? It's the it same is, area. Yeah, but it's got differences. It's got differences. It's very romantic. Hmm. In Portugal. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that Spain is not romantic, right. and I love Spain yeah. and everything, but it's got something that it's very, very nice. How was the uh, theater scene? Uh, I had a baby, so I didn't really yeah. have time. And I was in a very small town, so I didn't really have a chance to and try it out. Do you speak Portuguese? I learned it. Oh, you did? I learned it, yeah. Is it very drastic from different? Like, is it very drastically different from Spanish? Not really, but yes. Okay. So, meaning a Spaniard can read it and understand it. Mm-hmm. And then if you learn it, you can probably write it more or less, you know, whatever. Sure. But the accent is very different. Uh, the phonetic system is very, very, very different. Yeah. We only have five vowel sounds in Spanish, and they have about thirteen vowel sounds wow. in Portuguese, the same as in English. That's yeah. why it's so difficult for Spanish-speaking people to to pick up an accent mm-hmm. in, in, in English, mm-hmm. right? You think you go to Portugal and you think you're gonna understand it, and you don't understand a word. Uh, hmm. Wow. It's tricky. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you can still read all the street signs. That's fine. Yeah, you can <laughs> read the street signs. But then if you speak with your own Spanish accent and your own phonemic system, they don't understand you either. Well, probably because they're just walking away, rolling their eyes, going, ugh, Yeah, of course Spaniard. they are. Yeah. They are. Um, but they make an effort and they can, you know, speak a little Spanish. But the Spaniard is never going to bother to learn Portuguese. But I'm the language is free, <laughs> so I... I did learn it. I took yeah. intensive courses and I worked hard on the accent and the phonetics and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to Fado all the time sure, and sure. watching lots of baby cartoons <laughs> and some soap operas. And I I really enjoyed learning the language and just, I would go grocery shopping every day because in Europe you can do that. Mm-hmm. You do a little grocery oh, yeah, shopping yeah. daily, walking your buggy. And I would just go to the shop and talk to people and so that I could, Learn and, and talk to people. And, <laughs> but you were only there for six months, right? No, 18 months. Oh, 18, 18 months. 18 okay. months. That's yeah, good. Long enough. <laughs> All right. So uh, your, your theater experience in Cleveland, how's that going? It's going well. So I, I've i done a few things in a year. And uh, you want me to tell you? Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Okay. So in January, I did a dra- dramatic reading at Cleveland Public Theater. Mm-hmm. For entry point, and oh, sure. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a great program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I enjoyed the program. So I've been volunteering for them, like ushering, so I get to see the play. Great. Um, and then I did another dramatic reading at Cleveland Playhouse. Mm. It was a kind of closed door event, sure. but it was it was very interesting too, and I thoroughly enjoyed it again. Um, and then in the summer, I 
I was in City of Angels at a big center. Oh, great. Before that, I directed a short piece of theater for uh, Cleveland Public Theater's Teatro Público de Cleveland, mm -hmm. which is a Latino branch, yeah. uh, for Station Hope, social justice mm -hmm. little piece came out really well yeah great just a few weeks ago i was doing bonnie and clyde at french creek theater directed by Brittany shambo edison that's it yeah who's directed the little prince which you can catch here for two more weekends here that's at right. ensembles playground theater yes so i know i'm doing this so yeah. I'm, I'm i'm very happy actually. so you're the angel and I, angels in america what I, else what other what other roles do you get to play i'm also doing sister ella okay and then I'm doing the homeless woman in the Bronx, mm -hmm. and I'm also doing Emily. Okay, Emily, Emily. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing Emily. So you had the title role in the play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there? I mean, it's it's an interesting part because it's it's angels in America, and it's all about the angel. Of course, embodies so much of the play's themes. It's you know this personification, if you will, of what the play is talking about you know they mention they describe angels throughout the play and what to expect and then you come on for i mean the angel at the end of angels in america we're not giving anything away anybody who's listening to this podcast has at least read angels in america um but you know it's such a momentous moment or such a huge moment in the play you know is there pressure do you feel that at all when you when you approach the role or you just feel like it's gonna do my part like i do my other parts I don't feel the pressure. Mm -hmm. I'm just very excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just very happy. Even though, as you say, it's, she appears only at the end of the play. Yeah. And well, part one. That's the in, only in part, in part one. Yeah. Of course, in part one. And then during the play is just a voice. But I'm just thrilled. Yeah. I, I just love it. Because um, she's such a hysterical character. Hysterical meaning funny and surreal and weird yeah. in the second part that even though it's so small in the first part i'm just very very excited about playing the angel mm -hmm. it's a uh, and it's i think it's a unique opportunity for actors to be able to play both parts of this play uh was that one of the things that attracted you to the role it attracted me I, it was a surprise when celeste told me at the audition that she wanted to see me for a callback for the angel i was like wow you know, I just yeah. didn't expect it at all. I just came to the audition like, oh, my God, there's a theater very near home because I live here in Cleveland Heights. Mm -hmm. and, and I saw the, you know, advertisement. So, wow, I'm going to go, you know, auditions for the season. And wow, Angels in America, isn't that cool? That's a very cool play. I want to audition for that. But I really, really didn't expect it. So I was like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. <laughs> you know? So what are some of the challenges uh, in playing not only multiple, not only the angel, but also multiple roles within the play uh, as an actress? Well, as an actress, um, the challenge is always going to be how can I do something which is truthful, but at the same time work on a characterization that makes all these very small parts very interesting and strong parts um different yeah. because you don't want to look or sound or be the same you need a different energy mm -hmm. for each different person you're portraying different colors different textures mm -hmm. uh, so that's always a challenge but uh, i like a challenge true <laughs> yeah a challenge is fun no challenge is boring so that that's a huge challenge and i'm really 
looking forward to exploring that and I will be exploring that all the time. I'm not going to plot. I will be exploring all the time. Mm -hmm. That's the way I work. Does this make it one of the more challenging roles you've ever done? No, I don't think so. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the more challenging roles you've ever done? Well, as I said, I really enjoyed the Pillow Man. Yeah. Who so, did you play in the Pillow Man? Ariel. Oh, you did? Yeah. So that. Who part, some would say is the protagonist of the play. Yes. And I think it is, yeah. in a way. Even though it's not, but it is. Yeah. She, the arc and the journey of that character is terrible and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And. It was written for a man. So, again, when I went to the audition, uh, you know, I was in Oxford. It's a very small town. And I just directed a tuna Christmas, Christmas which was very, very funny. Um, and different from the pillow man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. yeah, very different. <laughs> a little different. And I was like, what do I do next? What do I do next? I need to do something. Oh, auditions. It's like, oh, there's only a female part. And it's a, you know, a woman who abuses her child yeah. this is awful oh, i'm gonna audition anyway <laughs> you, know, just, you know i'm just i just can't just stay put i need to do something with my time so i went to the audition anyway but the director really liked me and he said you know what i want you to do ariel i'm like what <laughs> so i'm starting to see a pattern here where yeah. you go to these auditions like man whatever <laughs> and then you end up getting like the key rule that's right yeah. let that be a lesson to so, you yeah it was amazing because um she's a torturer she's an interrogator and she comes from a past of abuse of sexual abuse mm -hmm. So she's like, she seeks vengeance and justice because she can't stand that anyone should hurt children. And also being a mom, you know, it's like, I, I can relate to that. Sure. And as a person in general, I hate abuse. I can't cope with abuse. I hate it. Mm -hmm. So I could relate to that strength. And of course, I'm not a torturer or a... Um, interrogator but we all have our dark side and it was very interesting to get in touch with that um, and then I played her a little bit butch because mm -hmm. if she was this kind of person who tortures and interrogates searching for the truth and coming from a sexual abuse background I just thought it would be very interesting if she played down her femininity so that she, to avoid being hurt ever again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then, because what she wants is the truth, the search for the truth, what she learns is very beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She learns the truth. And, 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 and that moment in which she learns the truth is just terrible and beautiful at the same time. So I, I, that was very challenging for me because, again, having a child, uh, having to live during those six weeks of rehearsal, uh, all these abuse against children. Yeah, I had nightmares all this time. Sure. Yeah. Um. And 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 I'm I'm an actress who really separates fiction from you know <laughs> I leave it on stage. But still, you're going to rehearsal every day, right? And you're talking about these things, mm -hmm. and you're talking about. So why does your character feel like that? Well, so of course you know your subconscious mind mm -hmm. keeps on working, and I had these nightmares. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's just relax a little bit. So that's that's great. What about your role in the Pillow Man? <laughs> <laughs> so I was this Italian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. So Angels in America. Um, 
you know, I think this is a this is a big thing. I think in Cleveland, uh, it's been a while since it's been produced here um, on the professional level. Yeah, I've been a couple uh, college productions. You know, what do you think? How do you think the play speaks to uh, America today? It's a play that was written twenty five years or was produced twenty five years ago. I think he started read, or writing it thirty years ago. You know, how do you think it speaks to America today? Or what themes in the play? that may not have been relevant 25 years ago, maybe seem more relevant now? I'm not very much in touch with American politics mm-hmm. now because a year ago I decided not to watch TV. <laughs> That's good timing. You're not the only one, I think. So, I think we all feel like we're in some kind of time ca- capsule. Yeah. Where... So, I mean, call me frivolous, but what happened a year ago, it was just too, too much yeah. for me. So... Maybe not even let's let's uh, broaden the scope a little bit. Maybe um, you know just you as a person. You know what I, I'm sure you read the play or were familiar with the play when yeah. it maybe when it first came out or you know years ago before you knew you're gonna ha- have this role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what what do you see yourself connecting with now in 2017 with the play that maybe you weren't connecting with, having lived the life that you've lived in between since then since maybe the first time you've read it. Well. Just being in touch with the gay world, Mm -hmm. it really touches me. I mean, I have many, many friends who are gay. Um, So just exploring that world is something that touches me. Um, And also the stigma against an illness is still there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to talk about it. It comes to a point where, oh, we don't talk about it anymore, therefore it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So it's good to talk about it, put it on the table, see what's going on. The relationships in the play are awesome. It's just, um, we're talking today about how the play is very much about who you are on the outside and who you are in the, in the inside, mm-hmm. right? So it's getting in touch with your truth. And that thing, I think that's universal. That's sure. what makes it classic when it can speak to you 25 years ago and it can speak to you today because... Many of us are, are on that journey, not everybody. And where do you get to in that journey is your personal journey. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry to repeat myself so much. But uh, the thing is that finding that balance in between who are you inside and what's your persona that you are projecting in the outside, it's a constant struggle because, of course, no one wants to be heard and you don't want everybody to see your vulnerabilities. So you create this awesome thing that you've created or you think it's awesome or whatever, or you do what you can. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there are turning points in your life where how close or separate are they? My persona from my truth, from who I am, really. And I think that the, the play really deals with that. So I, I that's something I really enjoy about the play. The life lie, as Eugene O'Neill would call it. Yeah. 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 It's a common, a common theme through classic. Especially ones of this epic proportion like Angels in America, I think, where it's so many characters and so many situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I think you're right. I think the humanity in this play is looms large uh, throughout it's a great play. It really is. I mean, I think it, it, working on it again, I think it's uh, it's really held up well. Yeah. And it is a classic in, in, a, in all, every sense of the word, I think. You know, it's not a – it's not a, the thing that I was thinking about today is it's not an issue play. 
right? There are issues in the play. Yeah. But it, it is a, it is a play about human beings and the yeah. humanity and and all these experiences that they go through and the relationships that are there. And about not being perfect <clears throat> because no one's perfect mm-hmm. in this play. Well, and it deals with the AIDS epidemic, right, in a yeah. way. But it deals with so many other things yeah. as well. And I we did The Normal Heart several years ago, which is – about the AIDS epidemic, and, yeah. and in a way, it is an issue play in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it's about the human, yeah. the human suffering that that was going on too. But it, this play still touches on that topic, but it is much more universal. Yeah. I yeah. think it, it, it. And and what Tony Kushner has been able to do is he's been able to take it and make it this epic piece of of American theater. Yeah, I mean, there are so many stories being told underneath the umbrella of of the advent of the AIDS epidemic, right? Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing, you know, the whole. I mean, I, I am in touch with politics. It's mm-hmm. just not very much. So, yeah. but of course, you know, the whole corruption in politics that we are seeing now here and in, in many other countries too. So it's just scratching a little right. bit mm-hmm. of the surface. And again, it's like politicians supposedly are supposed to be looking after us. Ha ha. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it, in in Britain they say that you are a civil servant. You're a government mm-hmm. employee. They say civil servant. You are serving the people, yeah. and that's what you get your salary for because you are serving your country to make it better, or at least make it work somehow, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I'm so disillusioned with politics mm-hmm. because there's so much corruption and so and lies, and and not all, as I say, not only in this country in general. I'm very disillusioned. Sure. So. I've just opted for not watching TV. I just yeah. read the newspaper. On just my own. going to theaters only. No, I, <laughs> go, only go to theater. I, I read. I read the newspaper <laughs> on my own sweet time when I feel balanced enough, right? Yeah. But not, you know, I don't want the bombardment of toxicity. 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 It's a hard my, word. You can say in Portuguese if you'd like. <laughs> I don't know it in Portuguese. So in in my living room, I just don't want to listen yeah, to yeah. it. I don't. I don't want to see the faces. I just. I get upset. I. I, I just get angry, and yeah. I don't want that in my life. I think one of the hardest things about this play, in a lot of ways, too, is you know it takes place in the eighties, and and um, Ronald Reagan, and 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 being a kid growing up in the eighties, and and remembering kind of some of the eighties earmarks like you know clothes clothing you know like the rugby shirts and the the flat tops and all that stuff that we saw in the 80s when reagan was in power and now coming back it's come back around and and having lived through now this cycle where we're back into this fashion cycle we're back into this governmental cycle somehow and 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 in a lot of ways trump being kind of this second probably worse reagan well i mean maybe he feels worse yeah. <laughs> to, to us but i mean obviously to the people in the play reagan was pretty pretty terrible yeah i mean everything old is new again yeah and it's and, and that's one of the challenging things about this play is just how horrific is that thought that maybe we haven't really come that far yeah. <laughs> that all of this is still so relevant to us that no matter how hard we try we think we um we think we can overcome it and it it's like greek theater you know we're kind of just just keeps coming back. Keeps man. coming back. We're doomed. We're doomed to, to relive all this right. stuff. Well, but it also gives you hope, right? It's yeah. the other thing. It gives you hope because we see that other people have gone through similar things and, and have overcome it and mm-hmm. good things have come out of At it. At least in this country, uh, they, you know, the president can only be in power for, for eight years. For At most, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the maximum. 
And that that's a very good thing about the United States, which doesn't happen in other countries. Except so, for those eight years. I know. <laughs> a lot of damage can be done. But you, I know you can do a lot of damage, but there's an end to it. Yes, true. There is an end to it. We hope. In, in other countries, <laughs> they can stay for much longer, for more than two terms. Sure. There's no limit. Yeah. And in some countries, there are dictatorships. So, hey, yeah. you know, yeah. they, so I totally understand that what's happening is terrible. But then you also need to take it with a pinch of salt in which, like, I know it's not justification, but... It's going to end. It's going to end. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll also hopefully still be alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys are being called back into rehearsal. I know. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, Thank thanks. You. That was really, really great. Okay. Thanks Thank a lot. You. Great talk. All right. Enjoy All right. yourself. See you soon. Okay. That was uh, Inez Joris, right? Yes. Yes. God, the angel it. in America. <laughs> so great. Uh, good stuff there to unpack. Angels in America Part 1 opens January 5th at Ensemble Theater. And we still have The Hairy Ape, directed by two-time Cleveland Critics Circle Award winner for directing Ian Wolfgang. <laughs> That's right. One more weekend, and Saturday and Sunday we will be live streaming The Hairy Ape. Oh. So for all of our listeners out there in Guam, Write it down. Now's your time. Mark it on the calendar. Feed yourself some You've been ensemble. waiting for this moment. Get, Just, get your popcorn ready. You can ready. go to our website at, at uh, EnsembleTheaterClee.org and click on the live stream tab, and that will take you right to the Harry Ape live. It will be live at that and streamed. moment. And streamed from Cleveland, Ohio. We also have the Little Prince. So if maybe you don't want to bring your children, to- actor James Rankin, we're in the office here, is getting water. So it's right. not somebody going number two. That's right, James Rankin, also an angel in America, playing Joe. We'll have a we'll have another uh, podcast with James. Not right now, but uh, and fu- and and uh, two more weekends of oh, the right. Little Prince. <laughs> two more weekends by the Little Prince about the. The, based on the, the French book, the French children's it's book. It's a great play. I took uh, my son to see it. Oh, yeah? Weekend. What yeah. do you think? He loved it. Yeah? Did, he, did you guys talk about it on the way home? We did. Yeah? What, do you, what was his well, takeaway? What was they, his takeaway? They do the great thing where they give away stuff. They give they have door prizes. Oh, yeah. The drawings. Yeah. Yes. For the, the uh, for the kiddos. And uh, he was really excited about it. And yeah. he was kind of going through. And then, we, and then my wife asked him when we got home. She said, okay, what was the play about? And he said, there was a snake. And there was a flower in the plane. And can I watch TV? <laughs> all right. That's, it's true. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. But that's, all, that's about an hour, an hour long. And yeah. it's, it's great for the whole family. It yeah, really, it really is. is. It was really entertaining. And the cast and how, Brittany, how old is did, How old is your son? Booker's five and a half. Five and there were and kids half. there that were younger than him. Yeah. Yeah. And they all And kids that were older than him. Yeah. And, you know, it's for the kid and all of us, right? And there were it's adults really there who were just there by themselves. <laughs> It was great. It's kind of strange, but yeah. No, it's it's a great – I mean it's uh, – you know, around the holidays especially, it's about friendship and it's about accepting people and mm-hmm. it's about, you know, learning to learning to listen and, and – And love, use your imagination. Yeah, and love each other and, and art and drawing and flowers and foxes and all kinds of great stuff. Oh and it's a great cast that really – you know, Brittany Shamaladison directed that and uh, Sarah Mbogolamoni was the assistant director on that. And so I think if you guys get a chance, you should come out. And those those performances are actually Fridays and Saturdays at 7 o'clock, so a little bit earlier in case you want to bring the younger ones in. And then the matinee is still at 2 o'clock on Sunday. And so that's going for two more weekends. Two more weekends, yeah. Harry closes the 10th and the Little Prince closes the 17th. Yeah. 
So great. So thank you all for listening. This has been the Cleveland Stage Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you could please subscribe and rate the show so that people can find us easier, that would be fantastic. Tell all your friends. Heck, tell our friends. That would be great. You can also find us on the Facebook. Uh, and you can find Ensemble Theater at Ensemble Clee on the Twitter sphere. That's Ensemble Clee, C-L-E, short for Cleveland, in case you haven't gotten that theme yet. All right, until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Ian. And this has been the Cleveland Stage Podcast. Thank you all for listening and for your undying support. And remember, Tyler, all the world's a stage. Bring the kids along. That's right. Happy holidays. Oh, that's right. It is the holidays. (laughs) How can I forget? (laughs)